0: Because we were nomadic people at first, we didn't really have anything to tie ourselves to. Like we didn't have like a land per se, because we were following the buffalo hunt and following all that other stuff for trade, of course, out with the voyageurs. But the one thing that kept us grounded were stories and our and our music and dance. We'd always go and visit
1: Manitoba. I have stories of myself, a little baby, and dancing on the table. I family members would play fiddle and sing songs, and so I would say that nope, that was my first influence.
2: That's Brianna Lazot and Alicia Bluer, Métis fiddlers, and our guests on this episode of One Nation, Many Stories, a Métis National Council podcast. That song you're hearing is our theme song, Harry Daniels, by the great Métis fiddler John Arcan. We'll be hearing his name a lot today in an episode we're calling One Nation, Many Fiddlers. Tantse and welcome. I'm your host, Matt LeMay. I'm a citizen of the Métis Nation of Ontario with roots in the Red River, Drummond Island, and Penetanguishim. I'm also a documentary filmmaker and co-founder of Indigenous Geographic. In this podcast, we'll be bringing you inspiring, heartfelt stories and music from the Métis people who make up the colourful tapestry of our proud nation. Before we get to our guests... We want to welcome MNC President Cassidy Karen.
1: Tanse and hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our fourth episode of the Metis National Council's podcast, One Nation, Many Stories. Today's episode, we will be highlighting some of the incredible fiddle playing from across the Metis Nation homeland. I am very excited about today's episode. Music, particularly the fiddle, is the heartbeat of our nation, moving us forward together. Our community is blessed to have so many fantastic musicians, and today, you will have the opportunity to hear from incredible women who we are so lucky to have had join us. I want to thank you for joining us today and throughout this journey. Prepare to clap your hands and tap your feet along as you learn more about the history, present, and future of the Métis Fiddle.
2: Thank you, President Karam. Last week, I got to spend time filming a documentary with an amazing group of Métis musicians. They're putting together an album at the Tragically Hips Bathhouse studio just outside Kingston, Ontario. Bathhouse is a lovely old 19th century inn on Lake Ontario. Stone walls, hardwood floors covered in Persian carpets, and a studio jam-packed with decades of hip memorabilia. In that environment, the music just flowed. We're two of the most in-demand fiddlers right now. Alicia Bluer has played for Prime Minister Trudeau and his cabinet, among others. And Brianna Lezotte played for Pope Francis at the Vatican last year. We'll hear more about that in a few minutes. We sat down in the Hips Upstairs rehearsal studio to talk about where Métis fiddling came from and where it's going. Well, welcome, Brianna Lezotte and Alicia Bluer to the Tragically Hips studio, very special edition of One Nation Many Stories podcast. Maybe we can start it out by uh, Brianna and Alicia telling us who you are and where you're from. And Brianna, let's start with you.
0: Awesome. Uh, so my name is Brianna. I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, but uh, grew up in Sylvan Lake. And I have ancestry that lived in northern Alberta and Fort Vermilion area and all that stuff. And yeah, I'm a make-deaf-thrill player. I just graduated from Keaton University's jazz program. So I'm a performance major, and I got a degree, which is crazy to say. I'm very tired after four years, but it's been really great, and um, I've had the wonderful opportunity to be to play for many, many events with my Phil. and uh, this is just uh, another one to add to the, the great list that I have in the making.
2: It's an amazing list, and we're so happy you're here with us today. And Alicia, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: So sure, yeah. Hi, I'm Alicia. I, um, I'm from Toronto. I have historic community I mean, ancestry for the Red River of Solomons, which is in Manitoba. And um, yeah, I'm also really grateful to be here um, with Brianna and any other great musicians um, hammering out some tunes in big tunes today and to the rest of this week.
2: Cool. So let's talk a little bit about Tate. I mean, it's been a very busy day, it's an exciting day. We're all in Kingston together. So, what were you doing all day?
0: Playing tunes. Yep, jamming all day. It's been really fun. A little tired, to say the least, but it's a good kind of tired, you know? It's like muscles are sore from playing some of the trees that today. Yeah, I've really enjoyed playing
1: a couple of tunes that I, I haven't played in a long time. Mm-hmm. So making those rusty tunes, hammering the mallet to make the medicine clean and cool, and yeah, having a lot of fun doing it.
2: Well, why don't you set the scene a little bit for where we're recording and where you guys are recording this week for the, for the people listening out there.
1: Sure, yeah. We're performing at the Hip Studio, which is, I never thought it was ever going to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I've been carried the Hip Studio. <laughs> um, that's not something I thought I was ever going to have the privilege of being a uh, part of. But it's, uh, definitely a really cool atmosphere, uh, I would say. Kind of surprisingly cozy.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so warm. It's nice and, like, really nice in the in the studio that we're recording in. Oh, and what a great, like, setting and location for something like this. It's very fitting. It feels homey, which uh, I often describe when talking about Métis music and Métis musicians. So it's a lot of fun. Today has been very good. And Niles is doing such a great job at helping us with arranging the tunes. Like, it was very... Responsive, but like giving us criticism and 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 just you know overall uh working with us in the music um that we're recording so it's been really great it's been yeah it's been a really great day
2: sounds great it's exciting uh the room looks really cool i mean there's been so many legendary songs recorded there over the years so it's i mean it's just a treat to be here why don't you talk a little bit about the music you're recording today the uh what what tunes have you uh uh, got in the can so far, as they say in the biz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've recorded um, the duck dance in D, which is the version of Andy Picharlis did. Mm-hmm. Traditional tune that lots of not only made the fiddlers know but jiggers as well. It's just one of those you know, standard tunes that we hear at shows. The other tune we recorded
1: uh, today was with Gilbert Anderson's road song. And That's another very traditional tune, pretty, and that's in Saskatchewan. Yeah,
0: Alberta, Saskatchewan, then the prairies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, what makes Métis music Métis music? What are some of the uh, some of the things that makes it unique and makes it really stand out?
1: I would say the, what makes our music so unique is that connection with uh, the rhythms from our First Nation ancestors. So it's essentially European federal music, we stop in uh, some traditional um, rhythms from our First Nations ancestors, singing, drumming and makes a really unique style of fit lose it.
0: Yeah, it's very percussive. That's something that is very unique about our Métis style. We like to call some of our twos crooked twos because of the time signatures. They tend to change every other measure, it feels like. So if one moment you're in 4-4, 3-4, 2-4, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, where, where am I? Where's the downbeat? And it's so cool because it's made for dancing and socializing, and that's the history of our, our music is because we were nomadic people at first, we didn't really have anything to tie ourselves to. Like, we didn't have, like, a land, per se, because we were following the buffalo hunt and following all that other stuff. Um, and fur trade, of course, uh, with the Voyagers. But the one thing that kept us grounded were stories and our, and our music and dance. So that's something that uh, makes Métis music so unique.
2: Cool. And so who were your big influences? Um, I'm sure there's there's been many. And, uh, yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about you know, what? why you really became interested in Métis music and who your influences are. And Alicia, do you want to go first? I
1: would say my first influence and um, uh, why I even started playing fiddle music was my papaya. My great-grandfather um, on my mom's side. Um, and we always go and visit Manitoba and that summertime mostly strategically. And this is how I was at um and uh yeah i have stories of myself being a little baby and uh dancing on the tables and jigging on the tables while my family members would play fiddle and sing songs and um so i would say nope, that was my first influence um, in life and uh, i always wanted to be a fiddle player which sounds really strange i uh, always wanted to be a fiddle player that's that's my main influence kindly and drive of why i even picked up a fiddle in the first place um, and then I learned I was Métis when I was in my two million years um, and my grandma was got to tip away. She said, oh yeah, by the way, you're Métis. And uh, then I wanted to learn Métis-style tunes and uh, specifically the tunes that my grandfather pre-grandmother played to pair, uh, Philip asked. And uh, from there, I got thrown into uh, someone named Anne Letterman. I uh, was from Toronto and uh, isn't Indigenous herself, but was uh, has studied and is of uh, Central Indigenous fiddling um, and actually recorded there in the 80s. And uh, then got formed into a whole project with uh, many other fiddlers from across, uh, across Canada. Then from John Cannes, James Chichu from Hintz Factory,
0: Ontario. I come from a very similar background. I have uh, lots of fiddle players that were in my family. Uh, great uncles, cousins, great grandfather that played. Um, and i grew up listening to their music my grandpa who lives in red deer he took lots of home videos like every every time he stepped foot in his house there's like a camera a video camera or like a photograph camera was in your face so i'd like to say like per per step you take in the house is like one photo so um lots of lots of recordings and, and videos of my family playing kitchen parties just playing their own tunes, playing traditional tunes, so a lot of the the songs that I like to play now uh, are from from those recordings. I'm I'm also doing some more digging in those Han videos just because he would show me them when I was like really small, so of course I was like, oh it sounds really cool, I don't know what's happening, but it sounds awesome. So I'm re-watching all these videos trying to collect as many tunes as I can now because a lot of them were strictly Northern Alberta tunes or Northern BC and and Saskatchewan, where my family's from, lots of those tunes are, you know, unfortunately, passing away with a lot of our fiddle players that are older, um, because there's not many young people playing anymore. So, when I was about ten, um, the last fiddler uh, passed away in my family, and that had a huge impact on on us as a whole. It was uh, I never saw my grandparents that often, especially uncles and cousins and great-aunts and whoever else that lived up north they wouldn't come down to central alberta very often just because there was no music anymore no jams happening not a big reason for us to visit each other which was which took a big toll on my on my my feelings i guess and and my family in 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 sylvan lake red deer area so i had a dream where i was play like late like i was asleep 10 years old Having this dream of playing the fiddle in front of you know all of my family on a on a mini stage, uh, and just playing all of those tunes that my cousins and granduncles used to play, um, and I woke up and it was like, Mom, I have to get a fiddle. I have it right now, and she's like, Where did this even come from? And I'm like, Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I just you know, I I know I need to play, so uh, that's where I started out, and to this day, my family is still my biggest influence. But since then. It's grown to, of course, John Arcand, um, my first little teacher. Her name is Tammy Clark. She lives in Red Deer, um, between Calgary and Edmonton, and uh, and um, Calvin Ballrath, Daniel Gervais, Patty Kestra, all of those familiar names. But someone that I have recently found that I'm really enjoying their music and who has inspired me, especially for my grad recital that I just did, was uh, Noah Van Nordstrand in the in the band Great Bear Trio or the Faux Pause. So cool, like. Such great fiddling, and uh, I am luckily here with some of them today uh, for this week, which is really, really uh, special.
2: Wicked. Um, you know what I was just thinking, too? Because, I mean, I've had the chance to work with you both and see you both perform at Batoche. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because I think, you know, uh, there's probably a few people out there who've never been to Batoche. Uh Why don't you, as a performer, what's it like going to Batash uh, and being part of that uh, amazing event?
1: I really like Patash. I've done a few times now um, over the years. It's a really fun um, event. It's one time a year I actually get to see Brian and some of my friends that I've me made out in uh, in the West. Um, so it's kind of becoming like this this meetup point every year, um, getting to see old old friends and uh, making new friends at the same time. I always have a jam for from there and make sure I uh, learn some new tunes and uh, meet new people.
2: Tosh, just you know what's what's great about it because I'm sure there's probably people listening that have never been there. And uh, as a musician, you know what's it like performing there.
1: Yeah, I, I love performing there. Like I said, um, this year I performed uh, with the John Arcand tribute, um, which was really uh, really special. He was one of my mentors, one of my teachers when I was uh, when I was young, and uh, getting to see him again after many many years. I've, I've been to John Arcand Fiddle Fest as well, and um, getting to see him at Howard been almost 10 years since I saw him. Uh, yeah, it was really nice to see him and him. Hey, do I know you? I'm oh, like, yeah, you do know me. i just a little bit taller and a little bit shirt. And uh, having him kind of give with some good feedback.
2: And he performed, which was cool. What kind of an impact did John Arcan have on you, Brianna, in, in your play?
0: Oh, man, like my first civil teacher, Tammy, she, uh, I think she gave me the music for Big Bear. And uh, that one quickly became one of my favorites and uh, listening to it all the time. And I did my own research of John and learned that he had, had a fiddle camp. And I think I was about like 12 years old at the time. And I was like, Mom, we have to go. Have-. <laughs> I um, remember being like, just one day I was like, Mom, John Arcan is the best person ever in the world. I wish I could marry someone like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like so passionate about his music and his impact on you know the metis culture and the metis fiddle music um and just how honor like like lovable he is and 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 very wise with on um, the way he speaks of fiddle music and you can tell he really wants to inspire the next generation of fiddlers to keep that tradition of metis fiddling going and uh being able to go to his fiddle camp, I went in 2013, no 2014, 2015, and it was just so special, I felt like being at home and uh, that's what Patash is for me as well, is like, being able to play on those, like, that historical ground, being able to be one of the fiddlers that like is like, yes, we are still here, they're able to play our music again publicly and, and gather in thousands now, like, that's such a huge deal because, like, even a hundred... Years ago, that was really like, like not like doable. And being able to say, like, there was like, how many people were there last year it was like crazy busy. I wasn't, I am was unfortunately not there, but I, I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how special is that? And being able to play a small part, like performing there is just so, so cool. And uh, darn, I wish I saw John uh, last. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he was great. It was a real treat to see him perform too, and all of the young uh, fiddlers that performed. Alicia was was one of them. It was what an amazing tribute. And he sat in front of the stage, yeah. and you know took it all in. And I think he actually even wrote a special song for President Glenn McCallum, which I, he performed, which was a uh, quite a thrill. So, yeah, mm-hmm. very exciting. So, anyone that hasn't been to Batash, your advice is go to Batash, right?
0: No. <laughs> so good, so good every time, and you see people that you may have forgotten like family or friends that you haven't seen in many many years it's like lots of my family like my mom and dad have seen people that they haven't seen in like 20 years and it's like oh my gosh what are you doing here and then it's just like a big family reunion once a year so uh just being able to be there and being surrounded by so much culture and 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 love for each other and love for our community is just so inspiring and you know um impacts everybody that goes you know
2: I know you have both had a lot of big moments in your careers uh, so far, but Brian, I want to talk to one, uh, talk to you about one in particular. I know that, uh, about a year and a half ago, you had a chance to uh, travel with uh, a Métis delegation to Rome, um, you know, to uh, to see uh, Pope Francis. But not only that, you had an opportunity to perform, like four feet in front of Pope Francis, to do uh, a very special performance in the Apostolic Palace. Can you set the scene? For that, what that was, what that was like.
0: It was one of the hardest weeks of my journey as a musician so far. Honestly, being surrounded by um, other, like another musician, Alex Kustarak, who's quickly become like a big brother to me. He's inspired me a lot and helps me every day with my music. So being able to share. A moment in a week like that with him was like, it was crazy. Just because it was such a heavy week emotionally, because you know we're talking about something super traumatic, especially for the elders that came with us. Um, and a lot of them, they never even left their hometown, let alone the the you know continent, going across the ocean to go somewhere they've never been before. It was like pretty scary, especially for them. Um, going and speaking about something so you know traumatizing um it was really special that Alec and I were able to go because we were able to bring that sense of home uh we tried to play as much as we could um especially in the evenings we were trying to play in that cafeteria area that we would all meet up in and that would bring everyone's spirits up and although it was hard for us to keep a cheery face and you know be like we're excited you know like we're playing our music it was still like it was really hard. It was very emotional and very heavy. So when it came time at the end of the week to, you know, go to the Vatican and perform in front of all the delegates and the Pope, it was the scariest thing for sure that I've ever done. You know, having the president of the MNC, Cassidy, come up and you know put a chair down for me. It was really special because she's also someone that's quickly become a sister to me as well. Um, she, she's someone that inspires me to make a difference because she's just such an aspiring lady. I just look up to her in so many ways. So having her, you know, put the chair down and say, you know, you got this. It was just like, okay, you're right, I got this. And it was nice because Alex and I were facing each other. And yes, you could see the Pope, but it was like we were performing not just for the Pope, but we were mainly performing for our people, performing for the ones that we loved that were in that room and also everyone across Canada. Um, and it was also just so surreal to think that metis fiddling was the first and possibly the last time that it will ever be in that space. Like that was like a very historical moment and it's y- like year and a half later it's still super like what <laughs> that happened? you know it was like such a an honor to have gone and you know play for my people and I really thought that my, my family was there playing with me in the spirit world. They came and helped me that day. So it was just a special, really special event.
2: Wonderful. Well said. What advice, Alicia, we'll start with you, would you have uh, for a young fellow that's maybe thinking about doing this as a career? And what, you know, and uh, what advice would you have for them?
1: yeah, I would say we need more fiddle players. maybe so if you can scratch out a tune just keep scratching away until it sounds nice keep dedicating yourself to it it's not something you just pick up and and play and off you go so yeah, take the time, dedicate yourself to it Uh, it's a really, really fun uh, fiddling is my favorite uh, favorite thing to do so it's a lot of fun, Uh, just keep with it, and uh, I want Wherever you are, I want to jam the game.
0: You know, <laughs> true. Um, some advice. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know, everyone starts somewhere. And if you can't even play an A on the A string right now, that's totally fine. Um, being able to you know, play the fiddle music is so special because, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't easy to do it a hundred or so years ago, especially even like in the nineties when, you know, residential schools at just club is, it was, it was a hard time for us to now being able to be a part of that, playing that music and, and say that you're a proud Métis fiddler. I think that's just such a, such a special thing that we can't overlook. And, uh, you know, it's never too late, never too early to start playing the fiddle. You can, it's it's all about the feel that horse gallop that you know first nations ancestry and our european ancestry coming together creating something super unique and super beautiful and uh yeah find people to jam with i jammed on youtube for a long time especially during covid and and uh, in my early years between you know big jams that happened like the touch or um like metis fests that happened in alberta and other places um finding Your favorite, like fiddler on YouTube, helps exponentially because you shouldn't just be playing your scales. You shouldn't just be playing your arpeggios; those are important, but it's more important to be out there and jamming and collecting as many tunes and stories and opportunities to play as you can. I would say just listen all
1: the time. Oh yeah, like when I was, when I was, yeah, like literally, that's all you have to do: just listen, listen, listen. CDs, I have like a full tower of CDs that I usually like while car rides. I used to just put it in and make my family listen to fiddle music.
0: And I know for, for CD is not just singles, like listening to full length albums is really important because nowadays it's just like people really singles or tiny repeats. It's important to have these full length albums because every tune and every transition that goes between the tunes have a story. And if you only listen to one snippet of it, of it, you're not even getting 1% of what they're trying to say in that in that album. So when you're listening, listening to the full thing, like make sure to sit down and just constantly listen to albums. I do it all the time. I don't listen to playlists. I'm listening to, you know, just albums constantly, constantly, constantly. So training your ear to be able to sit down and listen to something like that for that long is really important as well.
2: Excellent advice, and you know what? Uh, I know you guys have had a long day, but you're going to play some tunes for us, so let's uh, let's go to that. So yeah,
1: this is a really really old tune. Um, it comes from Camperville, Manitoba, I believe, from um, a man from uh, a man named Grandy Caino. Uh I learned it from Ann Letterman, um, who we'll actually did the whole tour of um, mostly Manitoba. And so Randy Fangow was one of the oldest fiddlers she ever recorded back in the 1980s, And uh, this is one of his repertoire. Um, I think she asked him at the time, what's the oldest tune that you know from the oldest person? And so this was, I think, the two that his uncle uh, gave to him. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to play it. Played, and it's a unknown wheeling indeed. Didn't have a name. say my are kind.
0: play is uh one that i wrote for a friend that you guys may know uh his name is mitch case and uh i wanted to play this song because he's you know such a great friend of mine this this story is just so funny um a few years ago um mitch came out to alberta to attend the youth and seniors gathering like he does pretty much every year and he comes out quite often to do some uh, Alberta events and speaking, which was really special, but one time, I think it was like 2018, 2019, uh, there was um, a certain set up of the, of the screens where if you use the hashtag uh, on Twitter, social, um, Instagram, whatever else, your picture or your video would show up on the screens beside the siege. So <laughs> there was like dinner rolls in the middle of our tables, <laughs> and we saw a video of this lady that had a tiny little handbag and she was stuffing her purse full of bread like all of the dinner rolls that we had uh, that we had at each table and at one point it was like so full that she couldn't even squeeze this final one in and then she's like trying to shove it in her bag, and and like crumbs are flying everywhere and like we started laughing we're like for for like 30 minutes at least like it was insane every 30 minutes the the cycle would recycle itself um, for the posts. So every 30 minutes, we would start the laughing fit over and over again of this lady just stuffing her purse full of bread. So we made an inside joke with each other that every time we go to an event, uh, we try to send a picture of the bread at the middle of the table for the dinners. So I decided to write a song for him, uh, which I'm recording right now, and hopefully we'll have a new EP by the new year with this tune on it. It's called I'll Bring the bread Just in Case, Mitch.
2: Anna, Alicia, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This has been an absolute thrill, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week recording at the Bath House in Kingston, Ontario.
3: Yes, thank you
0: so much. This is, this, been, like, this was awesome, being able to talk about making music with some great people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yolanda.
2: And thank you for joining us on this episode of One Nation, Many Stories. We're going to play you out with another Métis song recorded at the Hips Bathhouse studio, Walson B Flat. Along with Alicia and Brianna, it's performed by Alyssa Delbar-Sawchuk and Danton Delbar-Sawchuk and Liam Bluer, Alicia's brother. If you like this podcast, please give us a review and rating wherever you listen. It helps others find these conversations. Merci, Miguich, merci. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, I'm Matt LeMay.